0: What is good, everyone? Welcome to the Outside the Box podcast. My name is Nick Engvall, and on this podcast, my goal is to give you a different way to look at the sneaker game, the footwear industry, introduce you to people that I think are doing cool things, and give you just a different perspective from the go out there, cop this, cop that, you know, resell this, resell that. I want to give more insight onto the business of footwear and how you can get involved in it, talk to people that can introduce you to different ways of thinking about it, and yeah, that's basically it. I wanna I wanna kind of open up the doors, so to speak, on the footwear business and the industry that's behind it, to hopefully inspire more of you to get involved in it because it's something that I really enjoy being a part of. I'm excited for today's episode because I get to talk to someone who is an incredible human being, someone who I admire in the creative space. He's photographed people like Ailey May, J. Rock, uh, Aaron Judge, James Harden, Zion Williamson. Recently, Selena Gomez shot music videos for. Gucci Mane, I mean, the resume is endless and he's also one of the most humble people in this industry, as you will see. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Vince Sirico. Hey, what's good everyone? Welcome back to the Outside the Box podcast. My name is Nick Engvall and I'm super stoked today to talk to one of my good friends in this whole uh, creative space that surrounds the sneaker world. I've got Vince Sirico with me. What's going on, man? How you doing?
1: I'm good, man. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. Of course, man. I feel like, uh, you know, there's, there's, I don't, I don't want to like call anybody out, but there's like a handful of people in this whole game <laughs> that I just get excited to to reconnect with. And we always kind of ebb and flow. And eventually it's like, man, we gotta, we gotta be in touch more often, you know? So I'm glad to actually get to talk 100%. to you, and 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 also thanks for thanks for hopping on with sneaker combos a couple couple weeks back. That was awesome, man. It was awesome. Yeah, that,
1: that was awesome. Uh, did you? Uh, what was the post sneaker combo like week for you? Did you just chill out? Because that <laughs> I, was so much.
0: Well, well, it's interesting you ask because I know you can relate to this. I <laughs> intended to chill out, and <laughs> uh, and then realized that I scheduled like. Uh, a coffee, and then like a little uh, a little pickup session where I had to drive down to the Bay Area, and um, like the day after,
1: just kept going.
0: Yeah, and so like we did make it to the to the beach. We 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 took took the dog to the beach and, and had a little bit of a half day vacation. Nice, but yeah, it it was a it was a long week, man. It was it, it you know it spiraled way out of control as most things <laughs> that I get into do. It's like I'm going to start doing this little thing. It's going to be fun. And next thing you know, it's like, wow, this could actually be like an entire business of its own. Maybe we should consider this. And like, Right. So I don't know. I, I, I guess I can can say that and just hint that, yeah, we're, we're definitely considering doing this sneaker combos thing in, you know, in the future again. It so, was
1: sick. I feel like um, you were live for like 72 hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Actually, uh, I was trying to figure it out. I need to actually go back in and, and look at yeah. the numbers. But I was, it was basically 30 separate panels. I was not on, I think, four of them. Okay. (laughs) Um, And it was five days straight. So some of those, you know, some, most of them were capped to about an hour, but some of them were two, three hour sessions. So, yeah. um, but you know, I think it's just like, to me, it just like furthered my belief that, Hey, we need to have more important conversations in the sneaker world because there's a lot of us doing a lot of cool shit. And there's yeah. a lot of us that could benefit from, you know, talking to each other about what we're doing and, and supporting each other because that's, that's, I mean, and we'll get into that more, but like that's, yeah. that's part of what I think is missing. You know, we, we collectively are like a massive group of people that earn a living in this space in some way, shape or form. Some people part-time, some people full-time, right but we don't have like industry. You know, like, hey, let's let's all like come together, learn from each other, talk to each other, you know, just get to know each other more, right? It's like, yeah, we see each other every few months at an event. It's like short. We're having a drink and like, cool. We're on to the next thing. And even
1: like, look at the clubhouse like thing. And there's all these groups, but it's like, where's like the like I seen one. It was NFL like sports creators, and it was like all the photographers for the NFL teams. And I was like. Where's like the sneaker, like squat, there's like little ones yeah. here and there, you know, but it's like, I feel like there is like a, like a huge, like you said, group of us. And it's like, we rarely ever talk or see each other in the same place.
0: Yeah. And, 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 you know, like for me, the pandemic is just like hammering home on the fact that I'm not getting to see all my friends as regularly yeah. as I would have normally. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, a uh, it's, it's, I'm excited at how it turned out. It was definitely a long, a long process and. <laughs> You know to for me to to get the little like cease and desist from south by southwest i, don't, I might have to bleep that out but like yeah you know like <laughs> I, was it nice. was like okay well this definitely got bigger than i anticipated right like right i knew that the name couldn't exist with south by but yep i thought hey we'll do some small thing and then i'll try to partner with them next year or something you know and then it was like they already are realizing we're doing this and like you can't do this and the only thing that sucked about that is you know you probably experienced in some of your work is like it was the day of so like
1: oh it was, yeah it was
0: like was you know a just like a crazy Scramble. amount of work to go change everything and take all of that off of rec- recreate assets and all that stuff but um yeah it was, it was yeah. still fun i would still do it again and it was awesome to catch up with you know a bunch of people that i haven't talked to yeah. in a while so
1: that was great but,
0: But enough about me. Let's, let's, let's talk about you. You're, you're, you're the guest here and I want to like introduce the people that are, that are watching and listening to you. So I guess let's, let's do, let's do like the, the brief history, the brief background, background on, on who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah. um, I am pretty much a photographer and it's an all freelance photographer and pretty much just stay inside of the footwear industry and kind of rarely step outside of it. And then in the past two or three years have kind of just been around and learning kind of the producer, the director roles um, and how those kind of operate and have been doing that a little bit. So it was actually just in Boston uh, Wednesday and got to direct completely like it was cool. I didn't get to bring my camera um, for the shoot, which nice. was like kind of a first. Yeah. So it was cool um so just kind of learning the whole kind of production world in in itself but really still inside of the sneaker kind of industry um and yeah I've been doing it for like a good maybe like seven eight years now
0: (laughs) yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out on this a little bit because you're you're (laughs) you're way too humble for this man you you got a you got a resume that's that's kind of just packed with like Thanks, celebrities and, and successful <laughs> like work. So I think, um, let me see, like, just like thinking about the stuff that I remember seeing. So, um, you know, obviously on the, on the sneaker side, you've got, you've shot with, you know, the James Harden's yep. the Aaron judge. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure you've done stuff like with Virgil Abloh at, at some yep. of the shot with uh, who else Didn't you do like a Gucci Mane thing or something Yeah, I did a
1: Gucci Mane music video.
0: (laughs) Yeah, see? Okay, so. Yeah. And then most recently, I saw Selena Gomez on your page. So, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You got quite quite a resume, man. So you definitely uh, have have found some ways to to branch out from the sneaker world, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. But in a weird way, it's still all kind of connected, like, at which I'm sure, you know, you've had the conversation a million times. It's kind of crazy. I don't. Know, I think maybe it's just more now than ever because sneakers. I was just. I'm sure you've seen it. The Lexus commercial where the girl says, "I'm a sneakerhead." Yeah. Yep. Like that's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's insane for like a Lexus like F Sport, um, like just like a full blown commercial. So it's just like touches everything now.
0: Yeah. It. It, it is. I mean, it's funny because like I, I think we've even talked about this, right? But it's like it's it's almost rare that that like people that people that I know through sneakers and I talk about sneakers at this point when we see each other, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's all the other things in life. And I think that's always been like, sneakers just always been the conduit for me to get to bigger, more important and like, you know, just more meaningful connections with people Yeah. and not to say that the sneakers aren't meaningful because that's the stories that bring us all together. But I think like, you know, it's, it's getting past that and understanding like it's, it's more than just, what you purchased or whatever. It's like, what did you do with that sneaker? Whether that's yeah. a music video or right. photography or, you know, writing a book or whatever that is. And I think that's kind of the, the interesting thing about sneakers. And, and for me, a lot of things kind of tend to be that way cars being another thing that I'm interested in. Um, but I guess like, what? How, how did you end up like sneakers and photography? Which came first for you and and like, how did that process all start? You know, when did you pick up a camera and, and, you know, learn all that stuff?
1: I was, I was thinking about that and it was always like the instinct is to immediately say sneakers. And then like, I really think back to like when we would go on family vacations, um, my parents would always have a little like digital camera and I just remember like always like asking for it and then like fighting my brothers for it to just like take random photos of stuff. And that was only like once or twice. And then I took uh, Latin as a language in high school, like freshman year. And I was, I failed it, but there was a convention we went to like halfway through the year and you had to sign up and do stuff. So like I did like a memory thing where you had to memorize Latin. And then the second one was like photography. And I remember while I had like a dentist appointment in Chicago, like my mom had to drive me, you know, to Chicago to go to my dentist appointment, and I borrowed her camera for the photography thing, and ended up like winning it. Uh, it was cool, and I remember I just never at the time thought that could be a career path, and that was the end of it, like after freshman year, and I didn't touch a camera probably until for four years after that um, because I started just getting so into sneakers um, and just like kind of obsessing over it, and then I was like maybe I could make a career somehow in footwear and at the time the brain like ronnie was starting to do those first asics colorways and was like building kith and then blogs were covering it and it was blowing up you know and it was and even like frank the butcher was doing his thing and there was like burn rubber it was like early on it was like so cool to watch these people like making a whole career path out of it so my mind instantly went to either sneaker design um Kind of like choosing the materials that go on sneakers but i didn't know what that job was or like opening a sneaker shop that was like my the three routes i could go um and like i talk about it all the time it just kind of drives me insane that uh you just can't go to school for it really like um it's just not a thing that's talked about but like when you're in school everyone's wearing sneakers you know and it's it's a yeah. massive industry um and there's really no set path for kids um, unless you live in Oregon and grow up around it, um, yep. you, you're kind of like shit out of luck. So I remember that just drove me nuts. Um, and then yeah, eventually kind of took a photography class in college and, uh, cause I wanted a camera again and Instagram was blowing up and that was kind of started shooting sneakers.
0: Yeah, it's, it's crazy. That's actually something that I've been kind of, I feel like I, I've been harping on it the last, you know, few months in these conversations that I've been having and because I, I, I felt the same way, right? Like I, you know, being a little bit older, I feel like it was even a little more focused, right? Like I didn't even think about yeah. being able to do colors and materials. It was like, you were a designer, you were CEO, you were a sponsored athlete, or you worked in a store, right? Like, yeah. it's like if you wanted anything to do with sneakers, those were the options. And right. one of the things that like I think continues to come up and I hope that the, the the people that are interested in sneakers, whether they're, you know, the high schoolers, the college kids, or like, you know, people that are in the middle of a career already, right? Like the business is booming. You know, it's massive. Yeah. It's there's so much opportunity out there. And you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of chasing and finding where, you know you feel fit. good about it totally fit in. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's absolutely there and it's only getting bigger, right? Because like the secondary yeah. market is now another layer of like doubling, tripling the Industry amount of opportunity. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So how, I mean, I, I can't remember. So how did like your first, how did that first few times of of getting paid to do work, you know, happen and yeah, like, like looking back at it now, what, what are things that you would pass along to, you know, somebody that just picked up the camera for the first time or whatever?
1: Yeah. So the first few times I got paid was for, um, finish line. So it was back when, you know, I think you were there and Brandon Edler was there and I remember Brandon, this was the first ever paid gig was Brandon Edler reached out and was like, we're opening a new, um, store in Bucktown in Chicago and would you be able to go capture photos of it um, like for us and I was so stoked and I was even more excited too because they're like we'll let you in before we're open so it was like I get to be in the sneaker store before it's open sort of thing Um, and it was at the time it was them doing this the LTD stores so it was kind of trying to cater more towards that sneaker market a little bit Um, and it was cool. It was beautiful in there. Like they had the exposed brick and it was like, I think probably the coolest finish line I've ever stepped foot in till this day. Like it was cool. Um, and so it was like 300 bucks and I was like over the moon excited. Um, and then he just, that went well. And then I just kind of, he kept feeding me stuff. He was just always looking out for me. You guys always were. And so, but you know, leading up to that, it wasn't like there was any, my Instagram wasn't empty. It wasn't like there was no sneakers on it. I was shooting my good friend, Blake, who, you know, always had like an amazing collection of shoes because him and his brother were the same size. So it was always back to school shopping. They kind of each got two pairs in a way because they could share. So they just had all these Jordans. So I remember I was constantly shooting with him and we were shooting his shoes and I was just going crazy on the hashtags on Instagram, like the crooked tongues and the sneaker, you know, all those um, like sneaker hashtags and just kept posting um, just pictures of shoes all the time. And uh, it kind of just started to roll. But my advice would be to someone younger who's trying to get into it is before you go asking for paid work, make sure you have that same work that you should be getting paid for already on your feed and maybe it is you're doing it for free. So shooting a friend's footwear collection, you could go to a store and ask and see if they'd be willing, if you could do some free content for them, just so you can get um, an eye for that subject. It doesn't even have to be sneakers. It could be jewelry or hats or trading cards now. Um, So just trying to get your hands on product for free, no matter how you can, you could, Buy a pair of shoes on Nike with the return policies now. Shoot them and return them brand new, and you could build a whole portfolio off of that. Just you know, and then pitch your work to to people. Um, so same with Adidas, like they everybody's taking returns, even if you wear them a little bit. So yeah. or go and exchange them or whatever. So I think just building that that base of work first and, you know, knowing your way around the product and how to lace it and style it and all that, um, I think is a huge start.
0: Totally agree. Did you, how, how did you transition or how did you work in, I guess, like thinking about like the, you know, a a lot of people see product photography Yep. and like, you know, you and I know product photography for a brand that's, you know, the e-commerce world versus the lifestyle right. stuff, but like also for you, you know, you went from sneakers to, you know, shooting all sorts of sports, you know, which yeah, I, I assume is a huge difference. So what yep. was that like for you and in the, in the learning process? And, and like, I guess, ha- how, how did you go through that process and how did you learn those, you know, differences as you, as you move through that?
1: Yeah, I think... I'm trying to think back to some of the first sports I might have shot. Um, but it wasn't the same. Well, for context, though, to be completely honest, I think I've never really been paid for sports photography besides the, some of the lacrosse stuff I've done. That stuff is always, I still feel like I am I don't shoot enough of it to get hired all the time for it. But it's because I think my focus isn't fully there. If it was fully there, I think it would be a different story i like always use the reference of this kendrick lamar interview hypebeast did and it was so good because they were just like well we know you, you obviously like clothes like when are you gonna make your own line and he's just like you know i clearly where i'm at now is like my heart's always been in music and i've gave it all of my focus um and he's like until i'm ready to give clothing all of my focus i'm not gonna do it sort of thing and I kind of look at like your subject you're shooting the same way so like my focus has always been footwear first and I really don't look for like it looks cool like car photography is awesome to me and I love to look at it and I think I could do it but I'm not willing to put in the time yet to learn how to shoot a car and go out and find someone who's gonna let me shoot their car before you know and build that and then get brand work that's you know you almost press the reset button in a way when you choose different subjects so sports has always been what i do if it's like college sports and stuff i just say that i'm doing a school project on photography so i'll email like the athletic director or something and i'll be like can i take photos um at your game and they always have said yes and for high school sports it's always you're allowed to just kind of be on the field. People just think you're like a dad of one of the players just shoot him, you know <laughs> yeah. um so and then the like the mcdonald's all american stuff came from just shooting footwear and they just kind of were like assuming we could shoot sports <laughs> they're like yeah. well, we want you to shoot all the shoes and stuff obviously but we also want you guys to capture content for the players and then they're each going to get their own folder and we just want them to post it organically you know and so we did that for like two years. And so that's just, it's always kind of been, I still feel like I'm learning how to shoot sports because so many people do it full time and do it so well. Um, so yeah, but it's usually I'm just doing it for fun.
0: <laughs> well, I think, I think too, like one of the things that I always admired about how you approach that stuff is, is you still have like a, there are a lot of people that shoot sports, but like mm-hmm. sports photography is very, uh, it's very much like the same as it's always been, right? Yeah. And totally. And you've done a really great job of like taking, you know, with the lacrosse stuff you shot. I think of like the, obviously the All American stuff, like some of the stuff that you shot with, um, I think you shot, I think you and, you and, it was, I'm pretty sure you shot like Little Yachty years ago or something. And I was oh, like, yeah. damn, like, stuff. you yep. still have like, you have a very like, I don't know if this is right and I don't mean it in an offensive way, but it's like a streetwear vibe to all the things you shoot. Right. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. To me, that's like the, the appeal, right? Like I look at it as like that. Like, I think, I think too, some of the hardened stuff you did was like, okay, it's basketball and it's a basketball sneaker, but it, it feels like street style. Right. It feels like that. like, Like, well, and, and I think like that's something that's, that's like really, um, that's something to me that's really an interesting kind of talking point, right? Because I I didn't really really... think about like having to shift into a whole different mindset or a whole different approach to shoot things because as somebody who, I mean, primarily only shoots like sneakers or small product photography type things when I'm doing that to get paid. Like I don't really, I mean, I've taken pictures of my cars and friends' cars and stuff at events, but I don't think about that as like a professional thing, right? It's, It's more just like, like I like having a camera on me at all times too, right? So it's like, if I have a camera, I'm going to take a picture of what I'm experiencing because I want that memory, but not in like, Hey, I'm going to sell this or go get paid to do this next time around. Although sometimes it it leads you into those things, but for me, it was never, it was never like that. And I never really thought about that until you said that. So that's, that's great to hear. I think like that might be something too, that people could even take away from their thought process is like how do you, how do you keep that vibe, you know, across a a shoe that's on foot versus, you know, somebody standing courtside or on stage or something?
1: Yeah. Um, I think it, I think there's probably something to do with it in post, maybe with the edit. I think that's always something even to this day that I still feel like I haven't mastered or I'm nowhere close to mastering is what you can, how you can manipulate colors and um make things pop is it's kind of one of those things that's a lifetime lesson um that you'll spend your whole life just tweaking and i think i always spend like probably more i definitely spend more time editing than i do actually shooting um so that's a big part of it too is just figuring out what you like and for me it's always been i think if you were to go through like the work i've done it's bright colors like i'm always i've always been like attracted to that stuff that like really pops and if it's motion stuff i like it to be fast paced with like a quick beat or something and i think i've over time i didn't know what that was i didn't realize that's what i really liked because i've seen other people doing maybe like muted colors and maybe the more film look where things are more like natural and so then i was like whoa like what am i doing like that's not my stuff's not looking cool like that or the trend or whatever and so and you know, I think it was just one of those lessons over time. I just learned I'm attracted to the the super bright colors, and I like try to bring those out, whether it's in the background of the shoe that I'm shooting um, or what the person's like wearing. Um, so I think that's a big part of it too. It's like almost like it's like primary colors in a weird way, you know, those bright pops um, and yeah something about him just kind of like that's that's always been my go-to a little bit which i think helps make the photo pop or look a certain way maybe
0: that's interesting so i I guess like just out of curiosity what do you think like the percentage of the percentage of shoe sorry the percentage of shots that you take that you actually edit and then the percentage of shots that you take that you actually present to a client on top of that. Cause I know you probably shoot a thousand mm. times every, you know, yeah. every day that you're out there shooting. Right. And you know, typically you only probably yeah. only send along 20 or something. I don't know what that number is, but.
1: Right. I even think about that and as like, even how everyone's minds, everyone has a different thought on Instagram and it's like, what do I find? Like, what do I want to post and stuff too? And like, I think I, I edit probably, even now through COVID just being at home and not having like work sometimes, it's not that you don't have work. I think there's like, even when you don't have work, there's, there actually is work to be done, whether it's building like the internal, like the monetary side, like the business side. And, or if it's working on yourself and like your editing process. So like I was going back through old hard drives of photos and just re-editing them. And the photo looked totally different. And I caught myself finding photos that I didn't select in past years that I liked better now, sort of thing too. So it's just like your opinion on sneakers changes over time, or clothes. Like my opinion on like the photos, you know, ch- changes too. So there's so many photos that I've edited that have, will never see the light of day or um, go to a go to a client. Um, it's kind of crazy. It's probably like a. You probably see like five to ten percent of what I've shot. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I, but I think any any photographer probably would would have that similar number.
0: Yeah. So so is that is that something that you? I mean, it, it, it's interesting to think of like the pandemic and how that could affect someone who who you know spends so much time yeah. taking photos. But um, is that okay. is that something that kind of do you ever, I guess, does that ever weigh you down? in like thinking of like, man, you do so much work for so much little output at the end. Like, the, you know, like sometimes that mm-hmm. end result is, is, you know, perfect, right? Like blow it up, put right. it on a wall, you know, like put it on a billboard, yeah. whatever that is, it could, it could be that great of an output, but like just in terms of quantity, it's being so small. Is that, is that ever something that like you mentally have to deal with? I think it's,
1: The, uh, yes, like, but in the sense of, um, I'm chasing that 5% or chasing that perfect one with every project and even giving myself the challenge on some stuff that I might not be as excited about every once in a while, trying to get a perfect one out of it. Um, and like chasing that feeling of it being like a really good shoot. Um, and you know, the end goal would be that every shoot is like that. I think that's what everybody's you know looking for is that every job you do is is awesome and memorable and enjoyable um and i think probably part of the battle is just accepting that there's going to be some that you're just not as excited about and that's just going to come over time when you're doing stuff i used to and it, what's funny if you scroll to the bottom of my instagram you were seeing a hundred percent of the photos I was editing i posted everything you know and then you see the percentage change big time whether it's the date between you know when you're posting and how it looks and everything you know it like takes more time and um it's interesting how that works uh but yeah at the end of the day i'm just trying to make them all you know be in that five percent so i can end up posting everything but it's just not the case
0: (laughs) yeah it's funny because i i end up in the same boat with like writing stuff right like i yeah, You know, I probably have, so I I, I do, a, I mean, it, ha- it took a month off, but like I do like a weekly newsletter. I do blog right. posts all over the place. I do work for other clients. Like, like if you're into sneakers, there's a good chance that you read my stuff and don't even know it, right? Because I've right. written for other people too. But for myself, I probably have at least 30 to 40 drafts And like half written things for every one or two that I actually publish on my, my own newsletter or my own blog or anything. So it's really interesting to think about that because I think it's, and, and I guess like, you know, maybe that, and this kind of leads me into my next question, but like, is that, is that what keeps you interested in photography? What, what keeps you, you know, interested in it, that constant chase of, of that 5%
1: I think that's a part of it. I think it's a mix of things. I think it's that chase of always trying to have the next best shoot like for yourself personally is one thing that keeps me interested in it. Another thing that keeps me interested is uh, following people who are super locked in on other subjects. So following like car photographers and being like, damn, that looks so good. I would love to shoot something like that one day. You know, I would love to shoot a Porsche in the middle of the street in Paris and maybe get it in a magazine and what keeps me interested is that i could do that like i know i could do it but i'm just not giving it the time yet so that's another thing that keeps me interested and that goes into the sports thing too and the music industry too like i'm super obsessed with sh- i love shooting sports you know and i love i love music and um, anytime i can shoot any of that stuff you know or, or cars or clothes um that's what keeps me interested in it as well. So trying to do other things, you know, when I feel like, um, or when I take the time to do it. So I think that's another big one that keeps me interested. And then also just seeing some of the younger, like uh, some people are still do- doing sneaker content now. Um, someone like Ralph Romeo, um, or Romeo, um, Romeo, like his stuff is awesome, you know, and seeing stuff like that keeps me interested too. Um, just seeing other people like, doing their thing in the industry. Um, it's just cool that there's so many like sneaker photographers and like content creators now. So that's that's a whole nother thing.
0: Yeah. How, so you've done like a little bit of video content, right? So how do you, yeah. h- how do you look at that kind of transition for yourself? And like, you know, I guess like in yeah. a sense, you know, do you see that as something you'll expand more into? Is that kind of like, the same in terms of, you know, expanding your stuff or, you know, and, and, and I guess how did that come about too? Because you've obviously done like, you know, client work that's video. So,
1: yeah, so I think it was, I think I'm confident in saying, I just don't like shooting video myself personally. I've never liked it. And I remember actually the first, it was, um, finish line. Actually we were on this monthly program we were doing where you shot every month photos. And then they're like, hey, going forward, you got to do a motion piece with it. And I remember being like, I was like freaking out, you know, I was like, I don't want to shoot video, Um, like, I don't know how to color it the same and like all this stuff. So I just started manipulating my photos into motion. So I think that was like the initial um, entry into it. But now where it's came with true video work, um, I just like recognize that I'm not the person that should be holding the camera when it comes to video and so it came from having a relationship at reebok and them asking me you know um could you do it was one of those things where they kept asking me to do stuff for them to the point where i was maybe every once in a while just editing a photo of someone else's photo for them but they're like yeah the agency we use won't won't edit it for us unless you know it's like for x dollar amount can you do it so i was just doing them favors um And so I never said no to like anything that they needed. And they're like, could you do video? And I was like, yeah. And so, but like my answer to that, yes, is I'm going to do it in the sense that I'm just going to hire someone um, that does it really well and we'll do it together, you know, whether it's just me giving them direction or briefing them in um, and just making sure that they're paid for it. So that was the beginning of it. And to where some of the bigger videos we did, it turned into a whole production. So it was like we were doing, you know, at the end of the day, it is a video, a minute long video. But like the one for Josh Richardson was we we're in Philadelphia with like a whole crew. Josh was like on the 76ers at the time. Um, so we had to make sure there was like food there for you know him and his agents and the crew that I had and making sure that some of the crew flew in. So making sure that we had a place to stay Um, So it turned into a whole production thing and we also had to shoot photos and at the time I was like, I'm just going to shoot them, you know, and then make sure we get the video thing on lock. So it turned into just learning the whole production world super quick um, and just kind of be thrown into that. And then there's been a couple more from that because it went well and we did it for I think this is another thing, too. We did it for a lot cheaper than what an agency would, you know, or a traditional production house would do it for um, because. I think that's the way the content is moving these days is it used to cost a ton of money to do stuff. And now you're having people do it for cheaper and it looks, it might not be to someone's eyes, super top, you know, and Kennedy agency work, but sometimes you don't need that to get the point across to sell a shoe. And some of these brands are doing it for cheaper, you know, through people who can kind of, it's, it's kind of this production style mixed with run and gun style. Um, so you got to meet in the middle a little bit. Um, and yeah, maybe I might not be making, you know, a ton of money off of it, but it's like, I'm not going to learn that experience kind of anywhere else. And again, it's, you know, if you told me eight years ago, I'd be doing that working with like a 76 er you know, in Philadelphia, I'd be like, get out of here. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's worth it, you know? So, um, that's kind of how it's, how it's came about. And I think it's just by, which I think we talked about briefly in the past is just saying yes to stuff um, that you might not know how to do it. I think you hear that everywhere, you know, with like on podcast, people are just saying yes, you know, when they're asked if they can do this and they just don't know what they're doing and they just learn on the fly.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I think, you know, that's definitely, uh, I think my, you know what what has made me successful in a lot of things, right? like just like, yeah, I, I'd rather take it on and learn it i, I love learning stuff, yeah, you know, so like it works well for me anyway personally, but right, um uh, but I guess like to that conversation though, how do you even decide like what to charge somebody in those situations because one, yeah, you're probably working with them on a you know on a um you know, maybe it's a contract basis or whatever. And like, you know, it's like the work ebbs and flows, it becomes much more. And and obviously video production and being like, uh, you know, a whole different beast. Um, yeah. How how do you, how do you navigate that part of the the conversation with clients?
1: Yeah, I think, um, and I'll try and just be fully transparent is when it comes to the brand work, it is that percentage has to be so small of, me actually tossing out a number like them asking me for a number. I always ask first, what's your budget? You know, there's, they always have a budget. I don't care who it is. <laughs> they have a budget. Um, They know they have a number in mind already. Um, And it never even takes like two or three emails for me to like get out of them. It's usually just, and I think that's maybe a sign of a good client too is, you know, is that they're just willing to tell you the budget. Um, And so that has been how I've, operated, you know, throughout the years is, you know, they always have a budget in mind if it's ever, and now, now knowing what those projects are. So maybe it's a one-off product shoot. I, that budget's always consistent throughout, you know, maybe, um, X brand. And then if they ever come to me and they're like, Hey, could you, what would you do this for? And it's, you know, another product shoot, a one-off one Then I just base it off of the last project that we did together. Um, and so that's kind of how I've done it. In terms of the video production side of things, it gets tricky because you hear like maybe a bigger number than you're used to, but you get it gets ate up so fast, um, especially on those production things because you are paying for people to be traveling. You're paying for everyone's food. And, you know, it's like by law, you have to feed them at least lunch, you know, and it can't be pizza. That's like a funny production rule. Like you can't feed them pizza. Like you have to feed them an actual meal. Um, and so I've just learned from those, like a couple production projects I've done, the budget goes super quick. Um, but again, I'm willing to use it all on the crew and, you know, whatever camera we're using or whatever, um, to get the experience. Um, but I think if you are, yeah, I would say if someone's really asking you for the budget and you have to price it out, I would don't price it out for a just what you're shooting, actually pressing the camera button, make sure you're compensating yourself for the time you spend after the shoot editing, you know, and did you pay for that memory card? You know what I mean? Like some people really break it down to like the memory card you're shooting on to the memory card reader you're plugging into the computer. And like, you know, did you get a computer to edit photos? And that some of that stuff goes into if you need to make your money back, like if you invested in yourself, um, You can break down your budget like that. And I've seen that done by people. Um, So there's, there's multiple ways to go about it, but I would always try and nicely ask, you know, if there is a budget in mind first.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I think that's always like a good place to start because I find, and, you know, maybe you could touch on this too. Like I find more successful partnerships come from that transparency anyway, because like a lot of times a lot of times for me, it's, it's, I mean, like, I got to pay rent, I got to pay the bills, I got, yep. you know, like, it's all the same for all of us. But, but I, I get more emotionally out of working with certain people than I do just getting a check. And, right. So that's always a part of my, my decision making process is like, do, you know, do I like these people to where I want to spend, you know, in your case, a, a week shooting with them? or whatever compared to hey this is you know somebody that i don't really have a relationship with but maybe they're going to pay more and it's going to be like okay cool this could start something longer down the road i don't know um yeah but i mean to
1: your point i'd just like to say really quick is um like when you like the selena gomez shoot actually came from um a buddy of mine was shooting one day in the studio for interscope and he just needed like a basically a pa like a, someone to go run and get coffee and this was like maybe two years ago now um and i was just like holding his lenses and stuff and uh i met the the client there at, at interscope who was awesome like she was the nicest person ever and we had a great day you know what i mean it was a fun day we were running around new york city like shooting this newly signed artist um and then fast forward to two years later you know She'll hit me up every now and then if I'm in a certain city and that one happened to be for the one for Selena, which ended up being a paid opportunity. So it's sometimes maybe the budget isn't as important as even building the relationship first sort of thing. So it can pay itself off down the road by just establishing relationships ahead of time.
0: Yeah, man, that's, it's such a beautiful thing when all that stuff comes together and comes back around too. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I get, I get so juiced when, when <laughs> like, you know, my whole thing is like connecting people to opportunities, right. And a lot of times I don't get paid by doing that, right. But like,
1: yeah,
0: when, you know, I make an introduction, and I see something happen, and people doing cool shit together, you know, Sometimes right then, sometimes ten years down the road, it's like I just get like like okay, I serve my purpose purpose in this moment. world right now for, for this moment, you know. Um, yeah. But I want to I want to circle back a little bit to the yeah. the saying yes thing because we talked a little bit before we started recording about some of the work that right. you took on in in the last few years, where you know as a as someone who has worked in this space for a long time. There's a lot of hats that people wear, you know, sometimes saying yes, means you are the photographer, the, the PA, the editor, the e commerce manager, right. the social media manager. So like, what, you know, like, what has your experience been in that kind of world of like expanding beyond the actual photography part into other things? And what have you learned from those you know experiences
1: yeah um i think trying to think i think you know if you really you know obviously let's say something comes onto your plate that you haven't done before and they're asking if you could do it um obviously think about if you literally can like you know if you're a photographer and they ask you to make like a you know commercial like animation or something like say no if you don't have the program or the computer to handle it but i think that's honestly that'll never be the case like i think most times if someone's asking you to do something they probably already have confidence that you could do it um and you you can you know you just might not think you can um but that goes back to, I think, you know, it just depends where you spend your focus at. So from my experience, like saying yes to all of those things, and I've done things that I said yes, that, and I did it, um, and I didn't like it. But now I can cross it off my list. So I, one, for example, is just studio photography, being in a um a white space with lights or even it could be a colored background with, with lights or whatever. I don't like doing that stuff. Even if it's, maybe it's just an e com shot or maybe it's with, uh, Billie Eilish. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't enjoy those photos. I'd rather take her outside of the studio and walk around the block and shoot her there. But I wouldn't have known that, um, until I did some studio like photography stuff. Um, And just like learning, learning that. And I can kind of avoid that now, you know, and I think that's and you also build confidence from doing it because I used to be like I was insecure at one time that I didn't know how to use, you know, studio lights. It drove me crazy. Um, You know, you see people in the studio and stuff and shooting like these photos or whatever. And that was just one of those things I just didn't have in my you know, back pocket that I could pull out. So I was like, I need to do this, see if I like it um did it you know didn't like it but now you know i'm comfortable to say if something ever came onto my plate if it really wasn't worth it for me i'll say no because i know i like i don't enjoy it you know so it's just one of those things where you just don't know until you try um but i do like enjoy editing video you know so i don't like shooting it but i'll edit a video for someone or something um so but again it just comes from from trying stuff um like it just can't hurt (laughs)
0: Yeah. hundred percent agree, man. It's, it's, uh it's interesting too, because I think, you know, going back to that whole conversation around like people just don't know all the different opportunities that exist. Right. And yeah, I think, totally. uh, you know, from, from an outside perspective, you know, people might see the photography work that you do and post to social, or maybe they see the, on the client side and think, Oh man, like this yep. is cool. But at the same time, for you know let's say shoes as the example for those shoes to sell there has to be the studio shots right like they have to be right you know not they don't have to be boring but you know in most cases they are boring but like white background yeah you know <laughs> product shots are are not exciting but they're part of the equation that actually results in the money coming into the business for you to do yep. what you're doing too so i think even just having a little bit of understanding of those things whether that's you know sitting there with the the photographers or the editors that are dealing with that, you know, uploading to the website stuff or whatever, gives such a different perspective. And I think like, testing the waters of everything for me is kind of like, always the way I like to approach it, right? I'd rather like, yeah, I'd rather say yes to something that I completely don't understand, or go sit with somebody that's doing something that I'd never thought I'd ever do. And then be able to take that back and say, Okay, cool. Like, I want to approach that more and go further and see what it's like, or, you know, I'm good, man. Like you keep that to yourself and I'll keep doing what I do. Right. So so I guess like got a few more questions and then we'll wrap up. But, you know, the the, the most important one would be uh, how do you how do you keep the balance between like work and and life? Because obviously photography and editing, I think people probably don't even understand the levels of work that go into editing compared to, you know, swiping through Instagram filters or Snapchat filters and, you know, right. Saying, okay, cool. It's done. It looks cute. I'm good to go. So <laughs> how, how, how do you balance that?
1: <laughs> I think, um, that's another one of those things where I'm still trying to figure out what that balance is, what it looks like. and um, because I think, you know, I, we're the same way where we, it's going to be so rare for either you or I to say no to a project, you know, it would really have to not work out um, to say no, Like chances are we're going to say yes. Um, So that's been the work-life balance thing is, is tricky. And I think I catch myself actually just being, being freelance. I'm on just a little bit more opposite schedule than more people. I actually think sometimes I find myself working less maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I'm more on, saturday sunday like my weekend sometimes is like in the middle of the week you know and i don't know what that is maybe it's because deadlines are on mondays sometimes like for me um but i don't mind when i'm sitting there editing like a saturday feels like a tuesday to me you know it's so it's kind of interesting how that works but um when i'm when i'm like really busy and it's back to back i am like at the computer you know from morning to to evening and then i'll step away when things when i start going cross-eyed or whatever but i think that's something i could definitely work on my my work-life balance i'm constantly looking for the next project or um or maybe i'm on instagram looking at other people are doing which maybe sometimes isn't the best or definitely is not the best use of my time because then you'll find yourself getting in your head or whatever so yeah yeah yeah, that's a that's a constant battle um work-life balance something i could definitely be better at um Are you, are you a very
0: (laughs) like scheduled person when it comes to that stuff? Like, do you, do you like say, okay, I'm going to start editing at nine until it's done? Or is it like, Hey, I'm going to get to this, you know, obviously deadlines aside, because I think everybody has at least some procrastination, you know, where it's like, Oh, I put it off until Sunday night and it's, it's due at nine Monday, you know?
1: (laughs) Yep. I think, uh, I think, and maybe you could, uh, agree to this, but I remember, one of the last jobs I had was working like retail at Nike back in college. I just hated having a job. I hated having a boss. I hated having to be somewhere at a certain time, no matter what I was doing. I just did not like that structure. And I always told my mom, I remember telling her in high school, I was like, I'm not gonna have a real job when I'm older. And I didn't even know I was gonna do photography at the time and she used to get so pissed. Um, And I even was just like, didn't know what I'd be doing, but I knew I'd figure it out. And so, I love the freedom of being able to start working when I want to. So yeah, aside from deadline, when there are deadlines, you know, I'll, you know, shoot. And then usually my, how I work is I'll shoot, get home from the shoot, uh, dump the photos onto the computer and I won't look at them until the next day, Um, you know, and then I'll hop on the computer next day, make selects, sit on those for a day, then edit, and then sometimes if I have enough time, I'll look at my edit, you know, two or three times more, you know, as each day progresses and almost every time I end up tweaking it. Um, so just like learning to take time with it, too, is big. I used to just shoot, edit, um, not even review it, send it in because I was excited about it. And then, you know, I think that's when I'd go back and look at it. And I was like, what was I doing? Um, I was going too fast you know? Um, so I, yeah, I've always been kind of addicted to the, um, like be your own boss kind of regiment. Like if I want to take off today, I could technically, I could go to the airport and fly somewhere. Um, and I just like having that freedom, you know, I just, I hated like putting in time for work, you know, like, or for vacation, like who, it just drives me crazy at some people. Yeah. You have to wait to get time off or choose when you get your time off. And then you have a certain amount of days to have time off. It just, so backwards to me, but I think that's changing a little bit with the COVID situation, people working from home. For the most part, I hear people that, you know, enjoy it. And I also don't think you need to work eight hours a day to be, you know what I mean? That rise and grind thing is kind of dead, you know, it's, you know, sleep, get your sleep first, you know, like be healthy. I think like, and that's good about now is that's promoted everywhere. Just, you know, your health first, you know, get your sleep, then work, and the work is going to be 10 times stronger than sitting in the office for the past month, um, sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I I find myself actually, since I started working from home, you know, like, I mean, this would be like, I've kind of off and on done this for years, but like, I'll take a job and be like, yeah, you know, this is gonna be a cool ride for a couple of years. And then it's like, okay, time to time to like, kind of get back to my own stuff and my own, you know, environment. Yep. But like, I find myself working way harder on my own than I ever did in a job that was structured because yeah I just don't operate at like normal hours. Like I typically wake up yeah. at like five in the morning. <clears throat> like I'm a really early riser usually. Um, but I also <clears throat> stay up super late, but I'll, I'll totally take a 20 minute power nap in the middle of the day and like, You know, that's just like part of how I I deal with it. But then I'm I'm in the same boat. Like I I love being able to just like look, it's Tuesday, I just don't want to work on a Tuesday or whatever that is. Because if I can schedule my work to be done on, you know, like I'd rather grind really hard two days a week out of the four I'm supposed to work or something like that. You know, like and and have that time to myself because I think ultimately it, it helps me be more creative, it helps me you know, just feel better about things too. Right.
1: Yeah. I think that's something that could be normalized more is because I think I even catch myself on the days where I maybe I wake up and I'm like, I just don't want to, I'm not going to be able to get anything done today. You just know sometimes, you know? Yeah. And then I see myself maybe on social media or something, and you see someone who's like posting their work in, and, and then you feel guilty. And you, but you shouldn't, you know, like, it's just like the, you know, you're just so uh, kind of brainwashed here to constantly be working, but, you know, you're not going to ever have that work-life balance if that's your constant mindset. Um, just learning how to unplug, but that's another one of those. Learning how to unplug, I think, and just relax is a probably a lifetime lesson in itself.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And I, I think it's really interesting too, because we, like, we see people... F- reach their success from the like, constant grind work mode, right? Like the Casey Neistat, the Gary V's and it's like, yes, like they uploaded every day for two years straight. And like, that's absolutely, you know, admirable. And I think to to certain things, whatever it is that you're doing, it's kind of like you were talking about in the early days of your Instagram stuff is like post everything, right? Like, I think there are things that are valuable about that. But even both of those guys, I think you could look at and, and look what they do now. It's like they've they totally backed off and chilled out point. about it. They're still working a ton, I'm yeah. sure. But like they've removed that yeah. like grind element in order to find that balance again. It's, at least it seems not and, knowing. And they personally. probably miss
1: that. Yeah. And I think yeah. even Casey does a good job of talking about it too. They miss that grind. And even sometimes I find myself missing that fuel I used to have early on where I was shooting all the time, shooting. Like, I haven't shot a pair of my friend's shoes. Like, I haven't shot Blake's shoes in years now, you know? And I feel like I wish I wanted to sometimes because that's when I was having so much fun. And I think that's a a thing where you have to... Um, I forget where my, my train of thought was going. Um, Yeah, just when you're in that grind posting every day, you're probably obsessed with doing it. You know, you love that you're doing it. And then you're gonna catch yourself out of it one day, and you're gonna look back and be like, "Damn, that was dope."
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I
1: am enjoying chilling right now, so there's there's a beauty in that grind for sure.
0: Well, I mean, I think Blake has officially moved completely to, to golf spikes at this point. Like, I'm pretty sure he wears them around, you know, even when he's not golfing. So yeah, I think he sleeps in <laughs> on.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he oh, might be man. retired actually. If like if you listen to this, I think he might be retired. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it sort of looks like at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 uh, I, I should get, I should actually get Blake on here. I'd love to chat with him about, about some of the stuff. That would be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess like last couple of questions, what, you know, what would be kind of, you know, the, the, your like golden nugget of advice for, for somebody who's, who's, you know, looking to get into photography and, and, you know, kind of make their own path behind you in this world
1: yeah i think um to the point of the the grind we just said where casey was posting every day for a year those videos weren't at the views they were when he first posted them you know so i think go out and do that maybe it's free work or just go shoot with a friend and do it a ton and post it you know what i mean like share it show people like what you're doing um and build that base. And I think I've always like kept it there. Like, I don't delete anything. Like you can go back and see like where I did that. The first probably a couple hundred posts I have, like none of that was paid work. You know, I was just doing it. You know, you have to go out, you, you have to want to do it for free technically before you're doing it and getting money. You know, like, I think that's with anything, if you truly love it, you should be willing to do it for free. And I even caught myself in the back. I remember Brandon, I I was like, yo, I'll shoot this for free for you guys. And he was like, don't ever say that. He's like, make sure you're worth something, you know, and to his point, like, and I was doing that. I'll do that shit now sometimes if it's something I'm excited about, like, I'm down to shoot something for free. So go out and shoot for free. And I just think the money will follow, you know, so. Um, I know if you're trying to make, you know, if you have to make ends meet, that's another story, but I was working part-time jobs, you know, I was working at a restaurant and then I did the, the Nike job too. So I was having money come in from that while I was shooting. So I always had some sort of, and it was small income, but when you're in college, it doesn't, you know, that's plenty. Um, so just building that base and I would just, and just learning introspectively to trust the process that it'll work out. Um, and the more you shoot, the more confidence you'll have, the better you're gonna get at it. Um, and it, it, the rest will kind of, you know, do its thing for you. And you're gonna meet amazing people along the way who are gonna help you. And then you'll end up helping them, sort of thing. So that's my golden nug of advice: is just to, yeah, just get started.
0: Cool, man. All right, last question. I'm I'm yeah. big into like you you already know this but I'm big into just putting it out in the universe and manifesting like all the shit we want to happen so uh yep. what's, what's you know you've 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 in the wow it's been like maybe eight or nine years I've known each other yeah yeah it's crazy man it's crazy um you've you've obviously done a lot of cool shit in that time um but I know you've got just as grandiose dreams and aspirations as and ideas as I do. So what's the dream opportunity for, for Vince moving forward?
1: Mm. Um, yeah, I think about that all the time and yeah, I was, so I was just listening to, um, like the Jerry, Jerry Lorenzo podcast. I like, he's one of my, I love how that dude operates and how he, his look on life and everything. And, or even someone like, a you know, like a Daniel Arsham, those are Pharrell, even like some of these people, maybe not Pharrell, but they didn't have their career didn't peak until they were like, you know, later in life sort of thing. Um, you know, like Jerry was fully like in the nightlife scene until he was like, maybe like 31, then he made a t-shirt, you know, and the rest is kind of history. And no one cares what he did those first 30 years. So my thing, I mean, right now is you know, anytime there'd be a chance for a billboard or something like to see work printed that big would be amazing. Um, and even a big goal right now is to be working overseas too. I would love to be shooting for anybody, you know, in Italy or France, if you're listening, (laughs) you know, um, so that that's another dream of mine too. But yeah, going back to that point of Jerry, I think there's, By saying yes to new things, I always am excited by the thought of maybe what I'm doing now for like the first half of my life isn't what I'll end up doing the last half. Although it feels like I will be right now, but I'm always super excited about maybe there's something else out there I haven't tried yet that I'm going to get hooked on um, and just blowing that out of proportion.
0: (laughs) Right on, man. I I love that. I mean, I I think that's I, I feel like the same the same way. And it's such a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great point to end on too, because like one of the things that I, you know, kind of going back to like just trying everything, I I think that people, we, we get programmed, you know, whether it's America or, or whatever, wherever it is, like we get programmed to be like, oh, this is your choice and you've made your choice. And now like you got to live with it for the rest of your life. And that's so not how it works, right? Like We live in a time where we could literally wake up tomorrow and be like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to cook and I'm going to become an amazing chef because everything's out there to find. And, you know, I think that's that's awesome to hear because. I'm just excited to see where you take the next, you know, the next 10 years and hopefully we revisit this, you know, down the road and then I'll ask you again yeah. and it'll be like, Hey, you know, like I already did that. I'm going to go shoot on Mars now or something, you know, who knows where <laughs> we'll be at. So
1: <laughs> imagine that. That would be crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, well, thanks for spending the time with me. Uh, make sure, uh, let everybody know how to find you. You, you know,
1: man. Yeah, it just, uh, my first and last name kind of across, across everything there um you can you can find me at and thank you man i've said a million times but yeah you were one of the the first kind of reassurances that i could do this um and have been one of those people that keeps me in the business you know we always talk about those those good people so um i appreciate you more than you know
0: <laughs> of course man of course man it's it's been it's been an honor to to see your journey and and you know i still i mean you can't see it on camera but i still have your poster from way back in the day it was probably Blake's That's George's, like, I think, too. So.
1: <laughs> There's only like three of those out there, which is I always I'm so geeked when I when I see that on your wall.
0: <laughs> right on, man. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure you connect with Vince, yeah. uh, you know, probably Instagram, his website, Twitter, etc. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.
1: See ya. See you guys.